Okay. Meow. That's going to be the intro, by the way. The pre-roll is just going to be you going, okay. Which I hope you know. <laughs> that, that's what it is. Oh, great. I love it. Oh, yeah. hi there. I didn't see you come in. Do you know what this is? This is a podcast called <laughs> <laughs> Think Outside the Box Set. You probably never heard of it. It's okay. It's just a podcast about uh, learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood and recognize you're dismissed. And uh, I, I, I made Nathan Hunt. You probably never heard of me, you know. But whatever, you know. If you're cool, maybe you I, did. I'm Cameron Dewitt. I'm I'm the I'm a real podcast deep cut. <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> Cameron, you have probably one of the top 25 podcasts devoted to old-time Appalachian string band music. What are you talking about? All right. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say where uh, in 25. You could be number one. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I haven't looked at the yeah. rankings recently. <sighs> so, uh, we're talking about Billy Joel. Um, yeah, we are. And this is, I think, the seventh episode of our 14th season. And the Sounds last couple right. of Billy Joel albums ha- haven't been doing a whole lot for me, personally. Nope. I think mostly because he's, he started singing in some, like, really weird ways that were unexplained. Um, yes. And, Real Eminem and he stopped putting on voices type thing. Yeah, there is... <laughs> a little bit of like faux reggae kind of yeah. thrown in there misguided by voices words. you might say yeah and also just some like oh this isn't offensive other than the fact that it's weird and bad yeah <laughs> like, like i mean it's offensive other, it's bad just weird but... billy joel voices <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's doing impressions of like um people groups that don't exist <laughs> <laughs> yeah imaginary people groups that he's appropriating yeah yeah so but the other thing that i that i've missed is um dorktastic synthesizer solos and um in this album he does some singing that i think is really lovely and not super weird but still has a lot of character um and there's some great synthesizer moments Mm -hmm. there's a fair amount of just kind of like rock and roll which is yeah this is a rock well album produced and put together. It's legit rock, yeah. dude. I, I thought there were some nice, uh, there's some nice moments in this album musically. Um, I can't necessarily say that any of the lyrics were, you know, it, it's not his best lyric writing, but I, I would say in general, it's, it's, it's all pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? This might be my favorite of his albums so far. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised. I liked it. Thought it was good. Yeah. It, it feels um, like the most intention that we've heard so far, the least amount of reaching. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that, that puts me off when he sings in weird way, in a weird way. It's like, oh, you're aware that what you're doing is like not inherently interesting. So you're trying to like jazz uh, it up, make you're trying to jazz it up by Got your vocal <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this also, this album had his first number one hit, which, which one is that? Uh, All rock and roll it's to still me? rock and roll to me. Still. That's what it is. Yeah. This is his first album in the eighties. This came out in March of 1980, uh, and has conscious references to the punk and new wave movements. Um, it good. really feels 80s yeah it does there's um, some very like simple minds kind of like vibes i was getting or aha i ha- there's a song that sounds so much like elvis costello mm. which his album from 1978 so it's not technically 80s but sort of the same time period um oh look at i don't that. know what to do Steven- with the fact that like i'm a dad and i and you're the one out of the two of us who's listened to elvis costello <laughs> Is that dad music? I I feel like it is dad music. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I've only ever listened to his first album, which is probably his least dadliest. Okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't know because I haven't listened to the other ones, but <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, 
Yeah, I was going to say that Stephen Thomas Erlewine, recurring um, Think Outside the Box set character, who has written um, very derisively of of uh, Garth Brooks, he wrote retrospectively of this album, it may not be punk, but then again, it may be his concept of punk, but Glass Houses is the closest Joel ever got to a pure rock album. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's mostly like uh like fairly poppy rock it's very very like earwormy there's nothing like too hard-edged or too abrasive there's really nothing punk here um except in as much as some of the original punk songs like the ramones were just sped up pop songs with one five like one four five short changes um so he's got some of that like poppy sensibility that the ramones had um yeah it's fun it's 35 minutes long love that he's he's still not made an album over what 40 minutes uh i think maybe once mm. but yeah 34 minutes mm. chef kiss love that love to hear that yeah. uh billy joel also won a grammy i think it's his first grammy uh for best male rock vocal performance for this album wow Best male rock vocal performance. I don't understand the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? How can you even tell if a rock is male or female? Honestly, I mean, isn't like the whole. <laughs> um, yeah, isn't isn't the the whole point of like a lot of rock music throughout the decades is just like sort of androgyny and kind of blurring those lines anyway it's it's really bizarre oh, to me i that, hate like, those blurred be... lines cameron yeah you know you want it to, to unblur the lines yeah. and discuss gender and rock music uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah 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 but you know like like david bowie or like any of the like hair metal um i don't know it's just it's really weird that there's a best male rock vocal you know the weirdest thing like like rock yeah you're right rock and roll has been like so androgynous at different times um and especially like the mid to late 80s and early 90s like all of the hardest well the most popular hard rock bands like had like feathered incredibly feminine hair like poison and they had just like very tight tight clothes and yet all their fans would like uh run around like beating up um other people for being gay or whatever yeah it's a very very <laughs> weird dynamic going on in some of those years Have you seen these motherfuckers <laughs> gay as fuck yeah <laughs> uh yeah so i i've often wondered you know when there's like for for anything that's humanities based like if there's like a category for men and a category for women um i wonder if like the reason for that is are they just accepting that if there was just if there wasn't a gender divide in the categories if it was just everyone free for all Mm -hmm. that it would be like are are they just sort of like accepting or implicitly stating that yeah we acknowledge that it would be male dominated (laughs) which seems shitty Mm, you know yeah like i don't know but for me personally like i think it would be i mean it would (laughs) drawing these comparisons is or hypotheticals is always fraught but it's not like it's it's not like uh what the oscars need uh to do is have like a best best black male performance yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, exactly so that like they can be you know acknowledged i think it's it's better for their to not have those um divisions uh so that it can just be apparent that it's whitewashed and then the conversation can happen. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, It all seems fraught, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying. I I don't like the idea of like Billy Joel. Um, I wish that like, I I don't know when heart was active, but like Uh, the idea of heart seventies through the eighties, I think. There you go. The Around idea the time, of heart, yeah. the idea of heart uh, being able to beat Billy Joel for rock vocals is a nice idea for me. Yeah, because they're better at singing than he is. As great <laughs> as his singing is in some of this album, um, in, or in albums past, um, they're better. They're better rock vocalists, and yeah, 
Like it's it sort of seems cheap that they don't get to be uh, recognized as being better than Billy Joel because they're put in a different mm, category. Yeah. So. Although, yeah, Can I mean, we fucking cover Heart. Maybe we should. I don't know. Are they unrecognized or dismissed? Well, um, I maybe. I mean, <laughs> you make a good point, Cameron. <laughs> they, so, people certainly aren't talking about how much better they are than Billy Joel. Um, I think a lot of people might acknowledge that. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't yeah, know how many specific brought like, it up. I don't know. Yeah, who can say? Um, they might be a good choice. Anyway, Glass Houses by Billy Joel. The co- it's called Glass Houses, and the cover shows him with a rock in his hand and wearing tight, tight bell-bottom jeans and a cool, tight leather jacket and kind of a poofed-out sort of Jufro-type haircut. Uh, and he is about to throw a rock through a house that has an entire wall of windows, glass houses. But he is from the, he is from, he is throwing it from the outside. From the outside, yes. So. Because normally the saying goes. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw be, stones. Yeah. Yeah. So he's outside yeah. and he's throwing stones in. So once that stone is in your house, you better not throw it out. You have to take what it out. What is that phrase? Hmm? What does that phrase actually mean? Like, what would be an example of someone say, like, saying that aphorism? Like, it's a very weird phrase when you think about it. Um, I think the idea is you shouldn't be a hypocrite, essentially. Um, Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. It seems like they're trying to connect it to the whole, like, biblical idea of let he who is without the first sin cast the first stone. Um, but then they just like okay. place it in a glass house for some reason. It, it doesn't right. make a lot of sense because not me- like it's not a very relatable metaphor. Um, sure. <laughs> and it does. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of like denotative sense. Yeah. Let's let's make a whole album based on it. Uh, on the idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get in these songs? Yes. Let's talk about You May Be Right. I may be, Cameron. Thank God, Billy. A little bit of rockabilly in there. Yeah, a little bit of rockabilly. Thank God, uh, Billy Joel is here to save women from themselves. That's my summary of this song. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a freaking lunatic who uh, is crazy. But maybe you want crazy because you're uh, suicidal, I think, is sort of the implication. Yeah, in verse three, remember how I found you there alone in your electric chair that you have? <laughs> I added that last part. Yeah, you know, they uh, have. I, to- I told you dirty jokes until you smiled. You were lonely for a man. Uh-huh. I think it means you wanted a man, not lonely for a man. Um, <laughs> for a man, you were pretty lonely. Most men aren't lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, profoundly socially fulfilled our sexes. Mm-hmm. I said, take me as I am, because you might enjoy some madness for a while. Yep. You might enjoy some madness for a while because Billy Joel is twisted. <laughs> He's crazy. Uh, yeah. I think of all the years you tried to find someone to satisfy you. I might be as crazy as you say. If I'm crazy, then it's true that it's all because of you and you wouldn't want me any other way. Hmm. Uh, I'm not crazy. You're the one who made me crazy. Yeah. But I'm not. But I'm not. <laughs> but if it but if I were if I were <laughs> really you, the crazy you've one. been make, making me. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, it's sort of like um uh my friend Nick Garris, who's uh one of the famousest uh mm. uh percussive dancers that I know of, uh who well, at least who does like traditional percussive dance. Um that's 
I mean, that's a fraught way to all progressive dance is probably traditional. <laughs> anyway, mm. um, he he's he introduced me to the he's he's kind of a bit of a queer theorist, uh, and he he introduced me to the idea of choosing non-health um as sort of a queer practice um this idea that um you know if 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 queerness if like a fundamental quality of queerness is refusal um and is sort of petulance um then specifically uh opting for um for pleasure um or opting for something that's that's not about kind of solving for pattern or living as long as you c- can or being as healthy as possible um that there's some sort of like power in the agency of that choice mm-hmm. um which is an interesting idea and it's something that's like uh <laughs> a compelling idea to me and i feel like that's what this song is trying to do a bit um they're tr- they're the speaker in the song is trying to say like you you want the to be destabilized you want the energy that i'm bringing you want the danger um he specifically says friday night i crashed your party saturday i said i'm sorry sunday came and trashed me out again um i was only having fun wasn't hurting anyone and we all enjoyed the weekend for a change he's saying like my um my instability is actually good for you um or at least is something that you could choose on purpose mm-hmm. um, he's a manic pixie dream boy. Uh, essentially yeah and uh i don't know it doesn't it's not working on me he sounds like a, a real stressful person to be around <laughs> yeah usually the people who have that kind of energy uh aren't walking around talking about how they how they have that kind of energy you know yeah they kind of just do <laughs> So it, it's, it's like, you mean you're doing this on purpose? Yeah, Fuck exactly. You, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're choosing to do this? What? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, very, very low piano in the mix. Like, I think it's in there, but it's mixed way low. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's the first song on a Billy Joel album. There's a couple songs that have no piano at all. Yeah. which is odd i mean i guess it's it goes along with like how rock and roll they want this um one to be but yeah it was it was unexpected well I, i'm ready to oh actually i i do i have a sound sample no i don't hmm. um i am ready to move on talk about sometimes a fantasy sometimes do you want, a do you want to have some phone sex yeah <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the genius has an annotation says sometimes a fantasy is an up-tempo hard-rocking song about phone sex uh-huh <laughs> did this phone sex song uh rock you hard um i i know it's awful hard to try to make love long Be distance honest. but i really needed stimulation though it was only my imagination uh some cameron sometimes a fantasy is all you need huh um the the the, the sort of text of this song it, it seems like the the thesis is that phone sex isn't real sex um which to me is like kind of strange like there have been ways to have sex that aren't you know penetrative uh penis vagina sex <laughs> you know there's been way or even like touching based sex uh there's been ways to do that for a very long time before this song came for out. hundreds of years and there have been non-penis and vagina sex forms yeah <laughs> or like i don't know like sex that like exists in fan he, he he seems to be really fixated on um how how uh how sort of like not rooted in reality this phone sex having is that he does and that yeah, he wants i mean he he keeps using the word fantasy and i think i mean yeah. i've i've never tried one of these services but i from what i understand the whole idea is that 
you sort of outline your fantasy and the person on the other end does their best to kind of Im- embody that fantasy through like role playing oh, you know or voices or what have you. I didn't put it together that this was like a service that he was calling. Oh, you thought he was just calling up another person. Like, but I shouldn't yeah, put but it that. I guess- <laughs> Phone sex people are, are people too. Um, you, you just thought he was calling a civilian. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a muggle. A mu- yeah. <laughs> Which is Not one of these phone sex wizards. <laughs> phone sex wizards. Yeah, exactly. Oh, episode title. Hold on. Let me just. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I. Oof, that's a good question. It's unclear from the song, I think. Um, in fact, there are parts yeah. of it that almost seem like this is someone he knows from the non phone. Uh, universe he says i'm sure there's many times you've wanted me to hear your secrets don't be afraid to say the words that'll move me anytime you want to tell them to me yeah yeah maybe it's not a service it's which makes me feel like it's not really a fantasy it's more like an actual connection you know um i don't know like it is it is its own thing Mm. (laughs) and it isn't a fantasy because he's not doing some sort of role play really he's just like actually engaging with a person um yeah i don't know hmm uh yeah i i i think (laughs) i think what this this song is just so interested in the novelty of the concept um which also probably isn't that new i mean i'm sure people have been having phone sex since there were phones Mm -hmm. And and especially since um, there wasn't like some sort of operator that you call first to just connect you to, to whoever and you dial the person directly. <laughs> it probably goes back to telegrams and carrier pigeons and uh, the Pony yeah. Express. <laughs> uh, what are you wearing? Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember going to church camp once and I was listening to uh, one of those in sync albums and they had this song called digital digital get down or just oh. digital get down i forget and it's about having uh cyber sex and it's uh the lyrics were clearly written by someone who has a lot of cyber sex and knows what it is and, <laughs> and knows exactly it. what so it right. is <laughs> <laughs> and definitely understands it definitely does it oh and is so good at it <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, actually, I'm going to pull up these lyrics right now. Uh, Digital Get Down, I believe is what it's called. Song by NSYNC. Uh, here comes. Baby, baby, get nasty, nasty. Oh. And, and we can get freaky deaky. Oh. Um, so forward. Uh, here, Goodness. Yeah. Uh, baby, baby, we can do more than just talk. Because I can hear you, hear you. And I can see you, see you. Oh, so this is like a Skype kind of situation. Hmm. Um, digital, digital, get down. Just you and me, twenty thousand miles away. But I can see ya, twenty baby, baby. Wait, you can 20, see me, twenty thousand miles away. Tw- <laughs> That's what twenty thousand. <laughs> hmm. What's the what's the circumference uh, of the Earth again? <laughs> it's like not that. I don't know. I mean, it's what the USA is three thousand miles. Let's see, circumference of the Earth. It is. 24,000 miles. Okay. So, so, I mean... But that's the thing. You can't be 20,000 miles away then. You'd have... The circumference well, of the Earth would have... Cameron, Cameron, like like uh, a lot of important things, it's all in how you measure. Maybe... <laughs> maybe what they mean is like um, the distance that it like goes to the satellite or like maybe it's not like a as the bird flies. You know I don't I mean? think even because satellites the are that the far digital away. information gets there. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we can get together on the digital screen. Anyway, the point is um, uh, the driver of the van that was carrying us all to uh, church camp was like, what is this song about? Whose CD is this? Uh, And it was a very scandalous moment. Um, Because it's a song about sex. Busted. As if the rest of the NSYNC songs weren't about sex. There's no sex in church. Which hypothetically is sex we could have been having at the time. So this is in middle school. Yeah. I mean, Uh, Jesus is okay with it as long as uh, it's not P and V. (laughs) 
<laughs> as long as it's not PNV. Yeah. Um, That's why Jesus invented telegram so, sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes a fantasy sounds like simple minds are aha or something. Will you play that sound sample? Oh, yeah. This is like the real kind of like new wave thing. Yeah, it, it like. definitely sounds like new wave. Yeah. right there mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is there's a real drop there uh also the oh whoa oh whoa, 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 whoa like those that little bit of counterpoint mm-hmm. um I, i'm ready to move on whenever you are yeah let's do it let's talk about uh song number three don't ask me why this is the one i I sent to you when i was pitching billy joel and i was like this song slaps cameron and then you refuse to ever listen to it because you're a bad friend This is like one of his Paul McCartney kind of songs. Mm-hmm. In in its in its instrumentation, like the twelve string guitar, the way he's singing, it's very catchy. Yeah, and I I love the vocal melody. This is like one of those melodies yeah. that I think this is the second time in two weeks I've I've uh, referenced this, uh, where you hear it and and it's like you've heard it before, where it's like it's novel, but you hear it and, you're, and it's inevi- inevitable. You're like, yeah, of course. This this sounds like a melody that has existed outside of human beings for thousands of years. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I think it's just a pentatonic scale, like a really? major pentatonic scale, no. and he just kind of goes up and down it. Um, da 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 pretty good mm-hmm. there's i took a sound sample from some, like a really nice singing moment towards the end of the song where i was just like yeah the billy joel this is good you should sing like this instead of like a fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah exactly this song is also extremely beatlesy Yes. Um, especially that first bridge. Uh, I, I don't think we have a sound sample of it, but it, the part where he says, you can say the human heart is only make-believe and I am only fighting fire with fire. So Beatlesy. y Yeah, well, will you explain these lyrics to me? It feels to me like a lot of poetic bluffs. Well... But I, I'm willing to be... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited for you to explain uh, how the lyrics are actually very good. Oh, yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, this kind of feels like poetic bluffs. This this kind of feels like sort of on the level of a uh, Bob Dylan or Beatles song of very imagistic, but the images don't really add up to anything or have a consistent theme or really accomplish anything, honestly. Like, this is clearly um, directed at a single person, and it begins with a metaphor. All the waiters in your grand cafe leave their tables when you blink. Every dog must have his every day. Every drunk must have his drink. I, I really like that long that line. Every dog must have his every day, um, which the uh, the the genius lyrics makes clear. Every day is a single word, which um, lots of people who write things on the internet are not aware of this. But every day, as two separate words, is different from every day, which is one word. Um, but every day as just one word means ordinary or bland or quotidian or just kind of um, repetitive. So it evokes the image of just like some dude who's kind of doggedly living life one day at a time. And it's just a repetition over and over again. Every yeah. dog must have his every day. Blah. Um, but the chorus reminds us to not wait for answers and just take your chances, but don't ask him why. Right. I I feel like the the, the poetic bluff is really just uh, brought home uh, in the chorus there. Yep. You're thinking too much. Yeah. Just take your chances and stop yeah. thinking. 
Yeah, it's 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 just so tempting for songwriters sometimes to be like, oh, these lyrics are are post rational, and it's just like, are you sure they aren't just like pre rational, <laughs> like <laughs> or non rational or irrational? Yeah, um, yeah. All the servants mm-hmm. in your new hotel throw their roses at your feet. Fool them all, but baby, I can tell you're no stranger to the street. Yesterday you were an only child. Now your ghosts have gone away. You can kill them in the classic style. Now you parlez-vous français. He's got some French. Also, I believe in ghosts. Yes, <laughs> ghosts are real. Um, there's a lot of French on this album. There's a whole song where there's like v- entire verses in French. Yeah. Yep. So I like the song. It slaps. The melody's fun. The lyrics are just a bunch of bluffs. Agreed. Yep. You want to move on to the next one? Yes, it's still rock and roll to it's me. It's still rock and roll to him. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Where have you been hiding out lately, honey? You can't dress as flashy till you spend a lot of money. Everybody's talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's still rock and roll to me. I think this is what hmm? what what's that? I don't understand what this song is about, Cameron. It's about how it's still rock and roll to him. Yeah, but he's just talking about clothes the whole time. Uh, the first verse he is. Yeah. Um, I think this is a song that is aged like milk. Um, <laughs> because when it was first written, like cheese, you mean like a fine cheese? No, like spoiled milk. Have you have you seen the um the subreddit Age Like Milk? No. It they'll take like tweets a couple years old and they're just like really dumb bad takes that have been proven wrong. There's a lot mm. of like Trump <laughs> criticizing Obama in there and then he's doing things that are 100 times as worse. Um that gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah, so this is I, it began as like an inclusive anthem that kind of like acerbically uh points out how everything is just super trendy and there's fashion in every venue of life and so therefore all these like alarmists who say that punk isn't rock and roll or that new wave isn't rock and roll are dumb because it's just a a new trend a new fashion and it's still rock and roll to him but i think now what 40 years on from this song being released holy shit um it has sort of become just like a boomer nostalgia about how uh, the boomers music is still rock and roll. And it has like, it's attained this status of just indiscriminate boomer nihilistic nostalgia. I would like to hear a song like for every decade, like that's this song, but just talking about like, you know, like emo, mm. <laughs> like music. Can't or, you tell that your like, tie is too skinny? um one that's just all about ska oh yeah (laughs) checkerboard vans i don't know what rhymes with that but yeah yeah so he in the first verse another one that's just about how it's not rock and roll unless it's literally sister rosetta tharp (laughs) yeah exactly that's the only thing that's rock and roll is the woman who invented it as far as i'm concerned yeah um yeah, so he, he first verse is about uh, clothes fashion. Second verse is about, like, different cars. Um, but he, he keeps saying things like, hot funk, cool punk, even if it's old junk, it's still rock and roll to me. He's he's a, he's a yeah. inclusivist. He's ecumenical. Um, yeah. In the bridge, he says, oh, it doesn't matter what they say in the papers because it's always been the same old scene. There's a new band in town, but you can't get the sound from a story in a magazine aimed at your average teen. Um so whatever uh i like that he has a he has a shout out to Bo brummel um who hmm. is the person who uh took men's fashion from the frou-frou starched wigs and lacy ruffs and the extremely masculine like 1700s era and replaced it with <laughs> uh very dark sober uh understated suits um he was kind of the catalyst huh. for getting rid of like extremely frou-frou rococo um yeah this is a real like um colin firth as mr mr darcy kind of look going on yeah totally it's pretty good yeah oh yeah he was a he was a hottie back in his early days um in the photo that is or not the photo the portrait that is linked on the uh 
the genius. So yeah, that, that's this, a fun trap portrait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so that, that's a fun reference for Billy Joel to make. He's talking about pink sidewinders and a bright orange pair of pants. Uh, and in verse four, I had always held this line against Billy Joel as a great crime against humanity because I was not listening carefully. And I thought that he rhymed speakers with speakers because he says, don't oh, waste your money on a new set of speakers. You get more mileage from a cheap pair of sneakers, which is kind of a non sequitur. Don't really see how those things are related. But I always thought the lines was, you get more mileage from a cheap pair of speakers. And I was like, that's shitty. You can't just rhyme speakers with speakers. <laughs> and also, it's a weird, it also, trite it's thing to say. Not necessarily true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, there's yeah. also kind of a uh, like you heard it in the sound sample, but um, there's kind of a uh, uh, back and forth going on here. There's essentially two voices in this song, and they're both played by Billy Joel, but there's slightly different like sounds to them. Uh, like in the he says, "Should I try to be a tra- straight A student?" And then the other voice says, "If you are, then you're out. Then you think too much." Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he likes that second voice. Yes, I think that second voice is bad. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, what's the matter with the crowd I'm seeing? Should I try to be a straight A student? Uh, yeah, like when he says all you need are looks and a whole lot of money. Well, I'm wondering if there's a take on this song where it's not that he's an inclusivist, it's that he's feeling excluded. Um, and that he's feeling like all these people who are, you know, like caught up in the newest aesthetic, uh, musical or otherwise, or like tangential to the music, um, don't realize that like, uh, it's all just like part of the same kind of tradition of like pop rock music. And, you know, that he's ultimately part of it. He's just like, um, you know, not trying to code (laughs) as someone who cares. Um, Huh. I have a hot. I have is a hot take. Of this song? I have a hot take. Billy Joel okay. is not good at irony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The the part that makes me think. What what gave it away was it Captain <laughs> Jack? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was the first sign that we were in big trouble. <laughs> All right. Um. Do you want to move on to the next song? All yes. for Lena. This really different. Yeah. for Billy Joel song. It totally is. This this is a very new wave song. This sounds like um yeah. What's what's the band I'm thinking of? Oh shit. I can't I can't well, I was going to say I can't think of them. The band I'm thinking of? I can't think of them. <laughs> Great. Do you want me to put that in the learning yeah, links? Put put the put in um uh um uh and just link it to um a, bl- a redirect on Wikipedia that goes nowhere. <laughs> 404. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 404. Um, yeah, this, I think this is a, I mean, this is a song about being absolutely infatuated with someone and it being harmful. Yeah. Um, the bridge is kind of intense. I'm, I'm failing in school, losing my friends, making my family lose their minds. I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep. I only want Elena one more time. Um, this is like, this is like reefer madness, but about a woman. (laughs) I feel like the song delivers it pretty earnestly. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he's not being ironic. Yeah. Uh, in this song, especially because I watched the music video of it, which is just a live performance in a, in a big studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, the song's kind of like sad and it doesn't offer like any sort of sense of hope there. Um, but I think it's like pretty effective. Mm hmm um yeah and it's apparently it was a one night stand quick as a wink she changed her mind she gave me a night that's all it was what will it take until i stop kidding myself wasting my time so he's like kind of self-aware about what's happening but he still can't help himself uh i i'm kind of interested in this verse verse two we laid on the beach watching the tide she didn't tell me there were rocks under the waves right off the shore 
washed up on the sand, barely alive, wishing the undertow would stop. How can a man take any more? It's an extended metaphor um, that he actually kind of pulls off. Yeah, I I think that that is like a very um, sensory, uh, like that's like kind of a, a horrifying, you know, sensory experience. Yeah. Like being caught in a wave and being bashed against rocks. Yeah. It's one of my least favorite things. <laughs> I hate that. You know, I I, yeah. I don't I don't want to like like overstate it, but it's bad. No good. Don't, I don't like it. No good. Very bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, now, who's stealing bits from other podcasts, Cameron? Oh, god damn it! It just w- worked its way in there. Uh, Everyone, go listen to Blank Check, the movie version of this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now I'm in my room watching the tube telling myself she still may drop over to say she's changed her mind. So I wait in the dark listening for her instead of hearing my old man saying, stop kidding yourself. You're wasting, wasting time. Um, that is like a very specific and kind of sensory image too. Like yeah, being in <laughs> what, like just like watching TV when you don't want to be because you're just trying to numb yourself and just sort of like put yourself in stasis. Yeah. Netflix um, and chill. Yeah. It feels very, it feels very teenaged in a, in a way that is, is, uh, I don't know, very, very relatable and pretty powerful. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think the song's pretty good. I agree. I like it. Yeah. Good one. Yep. Uh, also got some dorktastic synth. Oh yeah. Here we how go. About you, how about you drop it? Drop it like it's Dirtastic Sea. Mm. <laughs> That's some fucking Sonic the Hedgehog uh-huh, uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Great. Well, we got about 10 minutes left. I don't necessarily need to talk about I Don't Want to Be Alone. Do you have anything to say about that song? Oh, I can't remember it really (laughs) oh it's it's like a it's like a song they're on a date it's a story song i don't know i mean it's pretty successful songwriting lyrically speaking in in that it actually tells a story and isn't just a bunch of poetic bluffs but it's not it doesn't have a like that much interesting going on other than just basic competence Yeah, it it sounds like the kind of, the kind of song that Garth Brooks would be inspired by when he's getting into Billy Joel as a kid. Yes, exactly. Yeah, or as a young adult, I guess. I don't know what the timeline is there. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about what sleeping with the television on, or do you want to skip that one too? Yes, I do want to talk about that one. Okay. I think the, there's some good music in here. Nobody's found a way behind your defenses. Cameron, what's a zap gun? Uh, like a ray gun. Why doesn't like he a, say ray gun then? Like a phaser. Why doesn't he say ray gun? Like a Star Trek a phaser. zap gun? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, hard hard to say. I. It's not my favorite song lyrically. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but I think that cor- I think that chorus slaps. I think it's really good. Specifically, yeah. um, I like the. Uh, the the vocal stuff the background vocals yeah um they sing all night long all night long as he's finishing up the previous line uh, as it runs into where he he would otherwise be singing all night long mm-hmm. um and then just the rhythmic delivery of but you'll be sleeping with the television on um is really satisfying to me mm-hmm. um don't play uh, my sam- sample of the chorus i think it's uh, at a different point in the track yeah. maybe but When he goes up to that note, mm-hmm. I, I think that's really, really catchy. Yeah, I agree. I like all that long, yeah. all that long, you're only standing there because somebody once did somebody wrong. But you'll be sleeping with the television on. 
I feel like it's, it's pretty successful at like kind of evoking that sort of desolate feeling, um, which, I mean, you don't get the situation anymore, but staying up late enough for the TV broadcast to stop and then either there's like static or sometimes there's like a Ooh. flag or there's just like a static image or something that they're broadcasting. You that's, know? A, that's a great point. That's a great detail that was lost on me, but you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, because especially in verse two, he says, tonight, unless you take some kind of chances, dear, tomorrow morning, you'll wake up with the white noise. Yeah. So that would be like the, uh, huh. the static of the okay, television before good. it starts like broadcasting again. Um, but he uses that in service of like kind of patronizingly telling this woman that she needs to it's true go sleep with somebody it sounds like yeah the, the bridge the bridge is your eyes are saying talk to me talk to me but your attitude is don't waste my time uh your eyes are saying talk to me talk to me but you won't hear a word because it just might be the same old line and he's like well, lo- lower your standards yeah lower your standards <laughs> just because it's the same old line and he's a basic bastard that doesn't matter just go fuck him get some pnv <laughs> lower your standards come on <laughs> um let's listen to that synthesizer uh i mm. think this is some some very fun synth synth yeah. synthesizing yeah it's like a organ mm-hmm it's just like a baseball game all of a sudden. Yeah, it does. It's just super dorky. I love it. Yeah, that's super funny. <laughs> okay, can we kind of like breeze through? Um, like, all I want to do with uh, the eighth track is read um, a quote from Billy Joel about it. Okay. Uh, it's called C'était uh, Toi, You Were the One. Um, oh, I was going to pronounce it in french really well like that but oh, uh, yeah yeah totally. i guess since you already did it then you know uh-huh. whatever do you want to listen uh, to the sound sample real quick uh let's just breeze through because like i i really have to get going pretty okay, soon gotcha, gotcha. um i think it's just really worth reading this um <laughs> entertainment weekly uh interview joel says that it's the worst song he's ever written <laughs> it's a song written in french and I don't even speak French, says Joel. I love the sound of the language, though. <laughs> so I wrote a song and got this guy to translate my lyrics. I tried to make them fit the song, but it came out absurd. I had had a huge hit with honesty in France, and I went to France and performed. French, uh, f- uh, French. I'm assuming he means French people, yeah. just sat there after I performed the song. The worst thing you can do to the French is to massacre their language. <laughs> After the so- after the show, I asked the promoter what happened? what happened, and he said, "Well, they they thought you were singing in Polish." That's when I said, "This song really sucks." <laughs> I love how, how um, self deprecating uh, and flippant Billy Joel is about his own songs. He's just like a working man. He's like, "Ah, yeah, that one sucked." Yeah, <laughs> <Fucked up>. he's <laughs> really shit the bed. He's kind of like <laughs> non pretentious and non precious in a way that's pretty charming. I, yeah. I like that about him. Um, I was yeah. going to say, I feel like his, well, as someone who does not know a lot of French, uh, I thought his pronunciation was fairly good, at least understandable. I don't know. Maybe it took a lot of takes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. I mean, this is like the studio version. Maybe live he, he like yeah. didn't have his um, like phonetic version <laughs> like he had in the wall of the studio or whatever. So... Uh, uh-huh. The last two songs, close to the borderline. I mean, there's kind of some interesting stuff in here. It's, it's sort the of hardest like rocking these, song keep it off of Glass Houses, Cameron. Okay, let's let's listen to it. Okay. uh-huh it, yeah he's talking about like life how life on the streets is kind of hard but he's also kind of centering his own sort of experience at like as a pedestrian who's not mm-hmm. part of the streets um mm-hmm. and how it's like hard and stressful mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's pretty unclear. It's filled with a lot of stuff, but it's like really unclear what that stuff is in service of. I, sh- I shouldn't bitch. I shouldn't cry. I'd start a revolution, but eh, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the person on the genius Feastman69 says, This song is a oh, rant gosh. about modern life, particularly urban life, as well as a reaction to the outlandish summer of 1977 in New York when this song was originally written. It was outlandish, Cameron. Outlandish! Okay. <laughs> it was like a whole outland. Um, uh, thank you for <laughs> taking a break from your constant oral sex mutual oral sex to uh <laughs> provide that insight to us a real feast <laughs> yeah he's just feasting constantly. um yeah uh i don't necessarily have anything else to say about that song. Nah, um it's whatever. i have i have one i have one more thing i want to say about uh through the n- long night and then probably close it up gotcha and then anything you have to say about that yeah we'll see Another very Beatles song. Very Beatles chromaticism. Yeah. Pop chromaticism Mm -hmm. and its chord progression. Pretty fun. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I like the most about the song, um, there are some really crunchy um, harmonies. Um, And I think it's all just him singing over the top of himself. Yeah. so, uh, music theory corner, real quick. Um, a, t- a very typical way to write vocal harmonies is to um, is to take is to sort of build um, chords with and 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 have them sort of playing in parallel motion with the melody. Um, and that works for basically any melody that um, uses like a major scale or a seven note scale. And you just sort of like, you know, take the melody note, uh, sing um, two notes up the scale from it or four notes up the scale uh, or sorry, a third. <laughs> sorry. It, it's oh confusing talking oh about intervals oh. sometimes. Ah. Okay. If you go up two notes, you know, skip one note and then you can sing that same melody but starting on uh the the note two higher um so that's called the third that's why it gets confusing or um or like the you know the fourth below or whatever and uh you know you can if you add one part it's pretty easy you just do that make the parallel voice and then you can add another part um maybe below or above and then you're planing with full triads um, up and down the scale and that can sound really great too uh, it gets a little more complicated if you want to add an additional voice to make like um, you know seventh chords going up and down and then you you run into some some kind of like weird uh, like counterpoint issues when you're doing that um, the more voices you add the more complicated it gets and the the less logical the individual melodies in the harmonies um the less logical they sound mm-hmm. um and uh, the more skill it takes to write those and to have it be coherent um these are stacked up really really thick uh these these uh, harmonies and there's a lot of in there's a lot of motion that is non-parallel in the harmonies um and specifically uh he'll have I just want to highlight one moment, and this kind of thing goes throughout the entire arrangement in the song um, once the harmonies start, which is, um, you know, he, I think, da, da, he starts on the third, and then he goes down, um, but uh, in in the sound sample that you're about to hear, um, but there is another voice right underneath a major second below, and it's, and it's not, it's not on... It's a major second below, which means it's like one note apart. So it's not creating a triad and it's not, and it's not like the seventh. It's not like one of these, you know, kind of, um, ubiquitous kind of like ways to like build a, you know, uh, stack up a harmony and it, it starts on. So he's singing on the third of the scale 
and then the harmony right underneath it sinks on the second note of the scale and then kind of resolves down and then resolves down to the seventh note of the scale. Um, so it has this really kind of spicy rubbing dissonance um, on the first uh, the first syllable. Every so lo- everyone that. loves spicy but, rubbing. Uh, yeah, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Your it's right there. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't we'll, we'll fade it out so quickly. give one more chance. Yeah, I won't fade yeah, it out. Yeah, just listen to the word your, the word your. Um, and this is how he starts basically every every verse, is mm-hmm. with this crunch. Crunch. Yeah. yeah. So one more time. So he's singing, your fears. And then the voice right underneath goes, your fears. So it makes... It uh, it makes the note your and your at the same time, which is really crunchy, and then it resolves down to your and your as the second voice moves, but the first voice stays put, and then they go down together in parallel motion to fears and fears. Um, so yeah, it's just like a really nice little moment that's not dissimilar to something you would hear in like a Baroque counterpoint writing although i'm sure it doesn't follow any of the same rules it's a suspension um one more time listen for that crunchy note it's kind of hard to pick it out but listen for the dissonance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that's great it's really lovely writing yeah 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 i don't have anything to say about the lyrics in that song and we don't have time. Yeah. I got to go make dinner for my family. <laughs> got to get going. Well, thanks gotta for listening, going. everyone. We'll be back next week with uh, Songs in the Attic. Billy Joel's... Uh... Oh, no, that's a live album. We'll be talking about The Nylon Curtain. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yikes. <laughs> it's among Joel's <laughs> most ambitious efforts, and Joel has openly acknowledged that it is one of his personal favorites. Oh, shit. Oh, lovely. Maybe it'll be good. I, I would love to hear Joel Joel on his own terms. Yeah. Like this, what Joel is proud of. It doesn't seem like is it gonna there's be any like singles on it. George Lucas proud of the, the prequels. Is it going to be like that? Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll find out next week. In the meantime, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, if you write us a review on iTunes, that would be real nice for us. It, it does help a lot from what I understand. Uh, if you want to help us continue making the show, you can support us directly by going to support.boxset.website, which goes to our Patreon. Um, and Yeah, it doesn't cost too much. And if you can't, if you can't support us on Patreon... Um, then please share the show with someone who, you know, unless this is like some sort of dark corner of your personality, the chances are that the people that you associate yourself with, um, maybe, uh, like they would probably like this show too. <laughs> so if they mm-hmm. like you and you like this show, transitive po- property, transitive property, yo. maybe it's just simple mathematics. Yeah. It's simple math. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can join our, if you do support mm-hmm. the Patreon, then you then you get like the bonus episodes yeah we talked about the old guard the netflix movie uh with Charlize theron where she kills a bunch of uh faceless bad people with axes Mm -hmm. um and uh it tries to be a badass um and and you talked about uh sleepless in seattle i did yeah so on that nora efron kick Mm mm-hmm that's uh, that's our weekly mini show, What's in the Box Weekly. You get access to that and all of our bonus content if you support our show uh, on our Patreon. You can also join our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. You can also also listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up in the Cool. And I feel like there is no exaggeration to say it is in the top 25 of podcasts okay. <laughs> devoted to old-time Appalachian <laughs> string band music, and, at least in America. I got an episode, I got an episode coming out um, tomorrow. Uh, at the time of this episode's release um, with uh, Tatiana Hargraves. We did Ooh. a Skype episode and uh, she's one of the one of the best in the biz. Heavy air quotes on biz. Mm-hmm. 
um, and uh, but she's uh, yeah, she's an am- amazing musician, and um, she we have a very just a very frank discussion about um, uh, traditional music orthodoxy and mm. and being in a being raised in a musical family and the effects of that, and it, yeah, I just it's a great episode. I can't wait for for y'all to hear it. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah, that sounds great. Go check it out. All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I've got my vocal jazz hands. (laughs) I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm a phone sex wizard. Skype has become total dog shit. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it used to be pretty good, and then Microsoft bought it, and then uh, it's just degraded so much. William, what do you have to say for yourself? No, he's too busy implementing 5G and spreading coronavirus. Five gates. 5G, five gates. Coincidence? I think not. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow.